Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 208 is the KSL News Time. We're into the final hour of today's program. I was handed an article yesterday that looked at spending, U.S. travel spending specifically, and how the year-end predictions are, well, the numbers look bad, look bad for those in the industry, look bad for uh, the airlines, the hotels, all those uh, industries that so rely on the movement of people are, are in some real trouble. And you, of course, know why the uh, the COVID pandemic has uh, really hit us all upside the head and it has influenced our behavior pretty dramatically. Uh, both leisure and business travel has fallen off uh, like you wouldn't believe. I, For me personally, I haven't been on an airplane in over a year. Uh, my, my career thus far up until, well, the coronavirus showed up, uh, it involved uh, much travel. When I was working in Washington, D.C. as a congressional aide, there was a lot of travel in that position. Uh, back when I was here at KSL the first time, working for Doug Wright and later as a reporter, there were uh, stories to chase all over the country. I can think of, in particular, 2012. I think Doug and I spent most of that year uh, chasing down congr- or, uh, presidential candidates. And, well, that has all come to a, a screeching halt. You, you remember I told you just the other day that I uh, canceled that trip of my own to uh, to visit some family for Thanksgiving. The numbers just got too high and scary. Anyway, to, to give us a sense of where things stand now and how they might look in the future is uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Larry Gelwick, CEO of Columbus Travel in Bountiful. Uh, Larry, sir, welcome to the program. Lee, great to talk to you again. Say hi to your dad for me. I will, absolutely. And to give folks a, a little look behind the scenes here, uh, Larry and I go back a, a number of years. He and I, on another radio station in town, uh, worked. He was uh, the host of a program, I the, the producer, and I learned a lot about the travel industry, and I learned even more than that about Larry's uh, great affection and excitement uh, that he has for travel, uh, a globetrotter himself. Uh, Larry, let me let me ask you here bluntly. How, how bad is it for the travel industry right now? It's a disaster. It is an unmitigated disaster. I've never seen anything like it. We'll get past it. What I tell people, Lee, is, you know, as you've heard it said, facts don't have feelings. Right. But everyone has to make their own informed decisions. Frankly, I've been to Mexico twice in October. I just got back from Tahiti five days ago. I, I actually feel safer in those countries than I do here in Salt Lake City. But everyone's got to make their own informed decisions. The safety and health protocols taken by airlines, hotels, and cruise lines are just completely over the top. But, yeah, it's a tough time for those of us in the travel business. Over the top in, in the positive, you mean? 
Oh, yes. I mean, quite frankly, um, the CDC, as you know, has dropped their no-sale order, but they have a conditional sale order with some very strict requirements that cruise lines have to meet in order to sail again. I think we'll start seeing some boats in the water first quarter, uh, certainly by the second quarter. Uh, you look at the recent the Harvard University Department of Defense study of the air quality on an airline, and I'll be happy to send you these references. Um, it is cleaner than a hospital operating room. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. As, as, as my wife and I were kind of deciding and debating and analyzing our, our potential Thanksgiving travel, uh, we, we were – you know, we were comforted by that fact you just shared that the that the threat yeah. really doesn't come from the the travel itself or the time spent on the aircraft, but rather it's uh, you know as you interact with others, uh, you know either coming to yeah. or heading away from yeah. the airport. L- let me ask you this about uh, specifically: you mentioned uh, airlines, you mentioned cruise lines and hotels. I think about some other uh, industries. I think of car rental. I, I believe Hertz is. Did, did Hertz go belly up in in the midst of all this? Well, they filed for. Uh Bankruptcy protection. They're still they're still in business. Yeah, but they're under uh, okay. court supervision. Okay. Uh, of of all of those industries, and maybe even some I haven't listed, who 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 is best positioned to to return to you know some semblance of pre COVID era numbers, and and who's feeling the hit the hardest? Well, you know, I think, and there's more than just airlines, cruise lines, right. How about restaurants? Service providers, Uber, Lyft, taxis, trains, buses, they're all hit. I think that airlines of those are best positioned to come back quicker. Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta Airlines, by the way, he's done a fabulous job at Delta. Uh, Mr. Bastian has. He says it's going to be two or three years before we see the 2019 uh, levels. But what airlines can do, everybody can furlough employees, but what airlines can do is, you know, park that jet and just use some of their fleet. Well, cruise lines are going to do the same thing. Uh, They're going to come back slowly, but uh, it's a deep, deep hole that people have to fill. But I'm feeling really good about Delta Airlines in the future. There are some airlines that I'm really scared. I'm, I'm really fearful of their future. Mm. But Delta, I feel really good about them. Delta, just for full disclosure, Delta was the airline uh, with which I had flights booked for Thanksgiving, and their 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 cancellation policy was was incredible. I was, I was fearful. I was fearful that uh, you know I was going to have to just kind of eat all those miles that I had used on the flights and. Uh, I don't think it was 15 minutes later I saw them all uh, appear back. Yeah. I didn't have to get on the line yeah. with anyone or explain anything. It was, uh, you know, COVID's got us a little spooked, and so canceling is fine. Uh, I was grateful to him for that. You, you said two or three years out in the future that uh, that we might be able to see some 2019 numbers. you think that's uh, true across the board? Uh, yeah, I, do. I think as a general rule, uh, we're seeing some real troubled times with the hotel. I mean, uh, how how do they pay their bills? I mean, how do any of us yeah, right. pay our bills? The toughest part of the airline industry is the high ticket price that business drives. Hey, I got to go to Cincinnati tomorrow, right. and they're going to charge me an arm and a leg. I want to tell them, wait a minute, I don't want to buy the entire airplane. <laughs> I just want a seat on it. Yeah. You know, did we did we misunderstand each other? 
But uh, airlines are changing their focus to really key into the leisure travel. And I'm telling you right now, Lee, uh, again, everybody's got to make their own informed decision. And while I think it is very safe looking ahead into 2021, I wouldn't hesitate to take my family. If you're, I tell people, listen, if you're uncomfortable, don't go. Yeah. Why go on a holiday and be be stressed out about it? But I'm looking at you. You've been to Hawaii, haven't you? I hate to admit that I have not. You, you, Lee, you never, you never took, you never took me. <laughs> you know, when I when I was uh, broadcasting uh, my show on uh, KSL some years ago, I did it live. From Hawaii. Now, if I could do that, can't you talk them into sending you? I'll give it a shot, Larry. Listen, our time's expired. I I hate to say goodbye so suddenly, but uh, uh, thank you for the insight here. And maybe you and I will be sitting together uh, on a beach in Hawaii sometime soon. Uh, That'd be great. I'd love to add that state to my uh, have traveled to list. Quick break. I want to hear from you, listener. Uh, Are you comfortable with traveling right now? Have you traveled like Larry has? Have you been to uh, Mexico or to the other side of the world? I want to hear from you. And what are your travel plans for the holidays? 801-575-8255-801-KSL-TALK is the number. Your call's next on Live Mike. Did you hear that last segment? The, the story we're covering here during this segment and the last has to do with the travel industry and the, the heartbreaking losses that that industry has sustained at the hands of this vicious virus, coronavirus. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the airlines, it's the hotels, it is car rentals, right? Hertz, uh, a company that's been around for, I think, like well over a century, uh, is right now uh, under bankruptcy protections, hopefully able to emerge once this virus is behind us. The vaccine, though, the vaccine's good news, 95%, right? Hopefully that uh, will be able to, to help this whole deal turn around. But the airlines, the cruise lines, the hotels, uh, and everything that goes to support travel has been hit just so, so dramatically hard. Uh, and there are predictions right now that are looking off into the future, comparing uh, uh, the numbers from 2019, uh, what we have sustained here this year, observing the market, market fall off in travel of all sorts, leisure, uh, business, international travel. Uh, it's all just, you know, just kind of swirling down the drain. It's devastating. The predictions are that we may not be looking at. Now, Larry Gelwick, he was a little more optimistic. He talked about uh, the recovery in terms of about two or three years. Uh, but there are other forecasts here. I'm looking at ustravel.org and their uh, fall 2020 forecast looking ahead to 2024 being the year when at least the travel industry is going to be returning to like levels of revenue and utilization uh, at, that were you know more the norm in 2019, uh, but not even getting all the way there. So it may be we may be looking at half a decade, half a decade before we're back at it 100. percent I want to hear from you. I want to talk just generally and loosely here and freely about travel. There, as you well know, here in the state of Utah, there is until the 23rd under the authority of the governor, his state of emergency, and a health order in conjunction with the Utah Department of Health, there is uh, an order restricting casual social gatherings to those within uh, the same household. Now, that uh, comes to an end on the 23rd. Now, it might be re-upped. Who knows what the governor will have to say maybe tomorrow or uh, at any point. Uh, this could change. But right now, as things stand, the 23rd is when that order is lifted. Now, that's not to say, uh, you know, that it's a party afterwards. You know, we've we got to maintain this vigilance. Uh, but 
you won't be violating any orders if you uh, travel to visit someone. Now, uh, for the Lonsbury household personally, uh, it breaks my heart, but uh, on Saturday, my wife and I, we decided to pull the plug on our Thanksgiving travels. We were going to be, uh, we're going to hop on a Delta aircraft on Friday and make our way to the Midwest, but well, the numbers here in Utah just uh, uh, became a little too scary. Didn't want to uh, bring anything along, any <laughs> any unwanted passengers to uh, to meet Piper's grandma and her cousins later on. And so, anyway, we've pulled the plug. But what about you? What about you? What have been uh, what has been your experience? Not only looking forward to the Thanksgiving week of next week, but also what have your experiences? Maybe you have to travel because of work. I've stayed in pretty good contact with uh, some of the members of Congress who are having to regularly fly between uh, Washington, D.C. and here to Utah. And uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some uh, view it to be the the most relaxing travel experience uh, that that they've ever experienced going back and forth between the nation's capital and Utah. Uh, And others, uh, you know, express some reason uh, for concern. Anyway, uh, I want to hear from you. 575-8255 is the number. 801-KSL-TALK is the phone line. Feel free to send a text as well. 575-00. That's the Utah Community Credit Union Text line. I mentioned those who who are required to travel for work. Uh, Doug on the line from Draper is one such individual. Doug, how are you, sir? Hello, sir. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm grateful to you for calling in. You've got to travel each week for work, huh? What do you do for a living? I, I'm in construction. I manage several projects throughout the country. And, and what's your and experience it's, like? It's, uh, it's it's kind of crazy because I have to. I work in the, the mining industry as far as you know a lot of underground construction. Things like that, and it's it was it was not as big a deal, but it's it's almost. And I'm not really a political person. I do what I'm asked to do, and don't really ask any questions about it. But it's almost like the travels becoming very political as far as masks, and uh, it, it seems to me like it's very safe. I, I primarily fly Delta, but people take their masks off all the time to eat, and you know they're sitting right behind you. They're coughing. And so it just scares me to death. I come home every every week. I come home. I travel every week, and I come home, and I'm just scared to death that I'm going to give give something to my wife or my kids. And I just don't know what to do because I don't have a choice uh, unless I wanted to quit my job and not be able to make my mortgage payment. But I think the airline industries are doing everything that they can do, but it, it's really tough. I almost wish they would just say no eating, no anything. Your mask goes on. It stays on the entire trip. But you got people that are political. You got people that put the top part of their mask on and then just leave it hanging on their chin. Uh, it's just it just scares me. Yeah. And, and then not to mention the rental cars I get in. Who was in that car before me? How well was that car cleaned? What hotels I'm staying in because I'm in constantly different hotels. And yeah. so it just it, it, it's almost like a constant fear. And I don't want to live my life in fear. But I, I don't know what to do and I don't know how to solve it. And I just. The biggest frustration for me is I don't know what to do. I don't know how to protect my children and my wife and my family. And you hear everything from every expert that's ever, you know, now been on the Internet. And I just I don't know what to do. I don't have a course of action. So I'm doing the best I can. But I think the industries, the airline industries are doing the best they can. But if you want to take your wife on a trip, I think you're going to be fine. There haven't been a lot of cases from airline travel. I just wouldn't, you know, 
eat anything, I'd keep your mask on the entire time. Yeah, for, for, for me, the, the decision to abort the trip was, uh, I, I was not afraid at all, nor is my wife, about the actual air travel. It was, you know, maybe we end up with something and traipse it along, or who knows, as we move about in these different communities. We're going to kind of tour the, the Midwest, and uh, we decided that with the surge nationwide right now, maybe we wouldn't uh, do that. But the, the airlines gave us no pause, if I'm honest. Uh, Doug, let me ask you, and I don't mean to get into your medical business, but have you and your family been able to avoid the coronavirus thus far? Uh, we have so far. I've been tested probably 15 times because there are certain places that I travel to that with their restrictions, they're much tighter than Utah, so you have to get a test. And uh, and so I've been tested a lot. You know, I feel like I'm pretty good at a Q-tap in the back of my brain. <laughs> but so, so far, I, I've, had a, I've had two sisters that have had it. One was in the hospital, and I had a cousin that had it and passed away from it, but she had underlining medical conditions. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't know of a lot of people who have had it. Yeah. Um, you know, my kids, my, my wife has chose to not have our kids go to school at all, so they don't go to school. They haven't gone yeah. since they let school out last, last spring, yeah. and she's doing the online schooling. And we're, and we're just, I feel like if, if we could take this more serious as a society, regardless of the political slant that you have, I don't think the virus cares about politics, and I think that we are learning new knowledge about this virus on a daily basis. And I think that if we could look at our neighbors and really treat the neighbors with kindness and with love, and to me, part of that is masking up and doing my part, regardless of what you know a political party or another political party says. I yeah. just I think that's the way to live my life. But yes, knock on wood, I have not caught it yet. Amen, brother. Listen, Doug, I'm so grateful to your call, for your call. I'm thankful to you for your attitude and sharing it with the audience here, and I'm so pleased that uh, you and your family uh, have remained safe throughout this. I wish you the best of luck as you continue to uh, endeavor on that weekly travel. you got important work to do, and uh, the most important job there is taking care of the family, and you're doing it. Uh, thanks again, Doug. Janae, listen, I know you're waiting on the line there from Harriman. Uh, not going to be able to get to you, but you, the, the, the comment you wish to share, traveling from Florida and Washington says it's been great. Good for you, Janae. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return... Uh, We're going to shift gears pretty dramatically. We're going to look at the White House and specifically a call from President Trump to pull troops out of Afghanistan and Iraq. There have been some strong reactions on both sides of this decision. We'll take a look at those reactions nationwide and then specifically here in Utah among those representatives representing you in Washington, D.C. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.